This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave inside the Melon Law Studio inside the piney woods, God's country of North Central Florida on a great day. Wonderful weather right now in our part of the country. So we wish you the best wherever you're listening to us. And we'd like to thank all of you who tune into the Word Scott Files throughout the day, really 24-7, and all various platforms that we're on. We're accumulating the numbers right now of total listeners that listen to the show on and watch it on different platforms. I'm going to give you those numbers when I get them together. They're pretty impressive, really. And we thank you for uh, tuning in, and we hope we supply you with information that's helpful. Of course, always patronize our sponsors. We've got some great ones. The Style Cuts is the official uh, hair stylist of the Ward Scott Files. And Lotto Chronicle we partner with, and much of the story I'm going to start off with here today was really uh, created by Jennifer Cabrera of Lotto Chronicle. We thank her for that. And we're going to give you the visual part of it. She wrote about it and printed it today on the Electric Chronicle. And we'll give you the visual that shows you what she wrote about. And plus, we'll have a guest call in in a little bit and talk about what we're getting ready to show you. Uh, of course, we're protected 365, 24-7 by uh, good friends at Crime Prevention. On-the-spot cleaners always patronize them. They're loyal to us and, and support us. They're great people, uh, work hard, and they just really... Uh, top of the line. R&R Constructions, a good friend Lance Lunger over there has always been in our corner. Uh, shoot GTR is a great partner. And if you want to shoot safely and learn how to get any kind of training, uh, uh, go to Shoot GTR. So it's um, really a fantastic place to practice your uh, skills and you should practice them. Well, I got to tell you that some things I covered yesterday, I've gone back and researched and uh, we're going to try to I'll show you today what it was that I talked about yesterday, but we didn't have the link to show you. Today, we're going to, in a moment here, uh, try to cue this link up and show you what we're talking about. Um, uh, I think production's ready. We've been talking about this before we went on the air. Hopefully, it'll go smoothly. If it, if it doesn't, we'll, we'll revisit it and get it going, but I think it should go our first click. Uh, the first clip I want to show you is a piece that uh, depicts uh, uh, Ken Cornell, the commissioner, being given the permission to talk in response to citizens' input, uh, which I will show you after uh, Mr. Cornell talks. Um, the lady who is giving him permission is the current chair of the county commission. They rotate their chairs. Uh, it's not an elected position. So the chair is asking uh, a Mr. A Mr. Cornell, Commissioner Cornell, has asked the chair if he can reply to a citizen during citizens' comments near the end of the entire special meeting yesterday. So if you look back in the background there, uh, when uh, uh, we have the second clip shown, you'll see very 
few people there at all. And that's because it was a special meeting. And this is kind of interesting because it's a special meeting. It means not a lot of people knew about it. There was nobody out there with the exception of our good friend, Jennifer Rivera, who heard this. Otherwise, you probably never would know about it because it's not talked about during a regular meeting. Now, I've got to tell you, there's a lot of things that happen this way. They can defend themselves by saying, oh, we, we, we talked about this at a public meeting. But if you look at the public meeting attendance, there's nobody there. So you have to ask yourself if the people who come to the podium are really sort of queued up and sent there in order to stimulate what you're about to see. Uh, production, let's, let's see if we can run that first clip, sir, please. Is that at the beginning of that? Let's see. Um, that's not the right spot, production. Production. Uh, okay, here we go. Yeah, Tammy, that's not that's not coming up at the right spot. Um, I think I'm back live. That's not the right clip. We're going to try to get that queued up for you here. Um, that, that, that was another part of the show. The clip should open up right at the, at the exact spot we want to look at. I'm not sure why it doesn't. We're going to try this again. Um, This is all the technical expertise of our world today. When I clipped on this, uh, immediately it came right up, and we'll see if we can get this link, which is uh, toward the end of the show. The, the clip that was there was uh, in the middle of the show, so I'm not sure why we're getting there. Um, let me see if I can contact um,
Have you got that? Is it? It should have clipped. It should have come I'm live on the screen with the phone in my ear. That's fine. We should have come right up on him talking. Well, okay, right, right after him, right after him talking, speed that up a little bit and you'll have, or if you want to start with, with him, go ahead and start with him. You want to start with him? Okay, start with him. We'll run it all the way through to, to, to the end of the of Carnell. I'll get off the phone. All right, we're trying to work this out, friends. Thank you. You heard me calling production. It's interesting enough. We want to show it to you and make sure uh, uh, that we have it. Uh, and we got a message. Okay, we're going to start it there. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. give me that same speech on the phone and so I was going to ask if there was any objection to um, the county attorney's office preparing a memo uh, which the public could read they could email it back to us about if the public would like to go through the process of putting that issue back on the ballot what's involved in accordance with our um, local constitution does anybody object to that nope. so do you need formal direction oh. um, madam chair I think that's fine Okay. The consensus was that it would have it would cover all the ways in which yeah all the ways that that our that our charter allows for uh, something to be. I mean, I think we know the charter review can put it on. Three of us could put something on the ballot, but I think the public was asking me if we wanted to put it on the ballot. What's involved? What are the dates? What are the timelines? How many how many number of ballots need to be signed? Who needs to approve the language? So I, that's a lot more. And so uh, if the attorney's office could provide a memo that the public could just have and read and understand, that would be great. So, Madam Chair, I think it's up to the board. As Commissioner Cornell explained, there are three methods that are outlined in the charter for amending the charter. And it's up to you. Do you if you want a memo on all three, I'm happy to give you that. Yeah, all three is great. That way it's not okay. – it's not – I mean, mainly for me, it's like oh, with our with ours and the charter review would be like the timelines of mm -hmm. when things have to be submitted and the specifics. And same way with process. the process. Yeah, the process. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, so I have two things. Related to that, I would like to refer to staff um, to develop kind of an internal process for how we respond to constituents with regards to who we represent in our district. Um, I, have, uh, I have watched the chair respond to countywide things effectively, and I, and, um, and I know when we're all copied, if the first person responds, that's the person who responds. But I think there, I think there are times now where folks in their district want a, their district commissioner to respond to them. Does, do you object to that? Is there a problem with that? Because I think... I guess I'm not sure what what you're saying is that you want. I mean, I don't guess. I just I don't feel like that's a staff decision. I think that's a board decision. I think right. we need to make that decision, not have staff bring us back something. I think it's a discussion to for us to have about how we want to handle that. Versus so is that a policy meeting discussion? Yeah, for that I to think a so. so I'd like to refer that to a policy meeting. Right. Um, I would also like to refer to an upcoming policy meeting um, that we review the evaluation criteria for the pavement management system. Um, I had a chance to start to look at that, and as you know, I represent District 4. I've had a lot of folks say to me, um, we want to make sure that we are getting um, equity 
not equal, equity with regards to funds being spent. And I said, you know, we probably need to look at the criteria used to determine how these um, projects are going to be prioritized. And so I'd like to refer that to a policy discussion that we kind of reevaluate, or, or not reevaluate, but we understand what the inputs are going into the payment management system so that we can clarify that there's an equity lens being applied. Does anybody object to that being a policy discussion meeting? No, but I think at that same meeting, we should start discussing the priorities. For the okay, well, I think you got the gist of that. I, uh, hopefully, we may have to queue up just the very beginning of it again. But now we've got, if we can queue up, we're going to try to do this without, uh, uh, we're going to go back a little bit production to the place where the, um, the get this public comment man came to the microphone. Can you go roll us back to that and start us where he comes to the microphone, please? Go to the second clip, please, if you can start with that guy. Yeah, fine. Production wants me to explain a little bit about what we're doing. Um, Mr. Cornell has uh, talked about how uh, he wants to have a memo written so that people understand how to put all this out to the public. He knows this full well. Come on. This is uh, for 20 years. Um, they've been stonewalling the public's ability to talk about um, single member districts and even get a chance to vote on it. He knows all that process. Now, they never ask when they didn't want it to, when they didn't want to put it out to the public, they never asked the attorney in 20 years to draw up a memo explaining to the public what their choices were for getting something on the ballot. That has never happened before. Now that they suddenly have this on the ballot, uh, and it won and it, it it's passed. Oh, now he wants to go back and get a memo out to the public to tell them how essentially they can overturn it. So where was he and his cronies before when they should have been helping the people understand how to simply put it on the ballot? He didn't know it was going to he, they didn't think it was going to pass, of course. And that's the reason they never put a memo out. Now that it did pass. I'm sorry. Okay, we're going to run this guy. We're going to show you right now, Collie Bunt. He's a he's a social gadfly. He was on the charter review. He was on the charter review that turned down sending it out to the public. Now he's up here griping about the methods that were used to get the public aware of what was going on. And we're going to have our guests come on a little bit and explain that everything this guy is getting ready to say to get ready to hear is wrong. Let's run it, production. And then do commission comment. Sure. Public comment, general public comment, not related to items on the agenda. Um, 
On the first day of early voting in the past election round, I got mailers to my mailbox that had the faces of Commissioner Chestnut and Mr. Long uh, saying that they were saying vote yes on the single member districts. Um, I received another mailer uh, uh, saying that the NAACP said yes to single member districts. Then I saw the giant billboards that said yes to single member districts. The next day I went to Publix on Main Street and a woman came up to me. She had a, a giant handful of these uh, uh, handouts and gave me one. And it turned out she knew next to nothing about the topic, but she was being paid to distribute these things. Um, after the election and the item passed, uh, they said it was by about 2,500 votes. Uh, my feeling is that uh, I would bet, and I'm going to urge the circulation of such a list, that if we had a list of all the people who said my vote was influenced by that publicity that I now know was a lie, uh, that the vote, the outcome would have absolutely been affected. Uh, my opinion is that that vote, uh, if there were a judge to talk to right now or a state election commission, that that vote should be thrown out and voted all over again. But what's really insidious is that it was several sessions ago when Republicans in the state legislature added to the giant list of preemptions, things that local government cannot do because the state controls it, that you are not able to spend money on public education about ballot issues. So that this false information that went out at the last minute just before election could not be uh, 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 counteracted by the body most affected. This commission could not spend a penny on counteracting that false advertisement. Uh, I really think that uh, we found out that there's a that there are two PACs out of Tallahassee involved in this and that two of our elected officials are, are supposedly uh, Senator Perry and uh, Representative Clemens were connected with these groups. It seems to me that one should be barred from public office for deliberately distorting an election in that manner, that this is very dirty politics. I don't know why politics has changed from just come out, make your promises, state your case, and let the people speak. Now it's what kind of filthy lies can you throw out about your opponent? What kind of false endorsements, etc.? Oh, that was a fast three minutes. But uh, I, I'm, I'm afraid of what our board will look like in the future. Thank you, Madam Chair. Listen to her. Okay, I'm going to have a soon to be a guest call in. You heard the man say uh, uh, that uh, it was false information. It was not false information. And, you know, this is what they're resorting. This character was just at the at the microphone there was on the charter review that turned down the opportunity for the people to vote on this. And now he's claiming that the people didn't know what they were voting on. You know, you can say that about practically everything people vote on. 
I know that from being at this show and trying to help people understand what they're voting for. I get calls every day. Hey, I, what, whom do I vote for? Actually, I'm asked to fill out uh, ballots for people because they don't have a clue. They don't know the difference between the city commission and the county commission. And these are educated people in the community. But this is hall hogwash, what you've heard here. We'll run back a little bit now, one more time, if you would, please, production. Cornell's response to this. Can we do that, sir? Otherwise, run back what we just saw a moment ago, please. staff um, to develop kind of an internal process for how we respond to constituents with regards to who we represent in our district. Um, I, have, uh, I have watched the chair respond to countywide things effectively, and I, and, um, and I know when we're all copied, if the first person responds, that's the person who responds. But I think there, I think there are times now where folks in their district want to their district commissioner to respond to them. Does do you object to that? Is there a problem with that? Because I think, I guess I'm not sure what what you're saying is that you want. I mean, I don't. I just I don't feel like that's a staff decision. I think that's a board decision. I think right. we need to make that decision, not have staff bring us back something. I think it's a discussion to for us to have about how we want to handle that. Versus so is that a policy meeting discussion? Yeah, for that I to think a so. so I'd like to refer that to a policy meeting. Right. Um, I would also like to refer to an upcoming policy meeting. Um, that we review the evaluation criteria for the pavement management system. Um, I had a chance to start to look at that and make sure all the sounds on. Okay, thank you very much. I hope that went fairly smoothly. We had a little glitch there. We maybe didn't have any sound, but you heard it the first time with sound. So you get the problem. You get the issue here. Uh, I would even go so far as to say that the, uh, the gentleman uh, in the uh, uh, in the uh, at the microphone there, maybe even have been asked to come to the meeting before and say this to get Cornell to respond. I can't prove that. That's just spe speculation on my part, but it sure appears awful convenient. 
uh, for him to uh, uh, have that opportunity to respond to, quote unquote, citizen input. And that's just not a citizen. That's a social gadfly who shows up at everything. He's one of these people that gets used by the progressive left to uh, uh, at one point, I think of my memory serves me right. I, now, I'm going to have to check this out, but I believe the f- one time when single member district issue came up, uh, he said, and Stafford Jones is checking on with us right now, who is a part of this discussion. Um, I think Stafford can correct me. At one point, uh, I think uh, Golly Blunt, when the single member district sh- issue was coming up, he appeared and said, if the thing ever passed, there would be blood in the streets. Um, uh, I, don't, I think I got that right, Stafford. Do I not? I think I remember that, too. Can you hear me okay? Got you perfectly. Yes, sir. Okay, good, because I got a brand new computer, and you know how it goes when you get one of them. Um, well, you're in good shape, man, and we just ran those two clips. You're familiar with them. But I yeah. think Kelly Blunt did say there'll be blood in the streets if you pass single member. Yeah, I, I think I saw that. And then, of course, yeah, as, as you probably were discussing before I got on here, he was, boy, he was just raging at uh, this county commission meeting. Um, um, you know, I, I guess, I guess citizens don't have a right to free speech unless, uh, you're, 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 you're Cali Blunt, you know, I don't know. Well, it seemed also, and I can not prove this, but I was saying this just before you checked on, isn't it awfully coincidental that in a meeting, it's a special meeting of practically nobody knew anything about all of a sudden to the microphone comes Cali Blunt to ask the questions that gives Ken Cornell the opportunity to respond with his script. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, you know, one of the funny things about this whole thing is he actually, he, I mean, he said in this thing that, um, uh, you know, the, these, these elected officials ought to be held accountable and be barred from holding office again. You know, so, so actually, Ward, some, some really shocking things were said at this county commission meeting. That was one of them, that these, these elected officials ought to be barred from holding office ever again because of what they did. What, what was that? What 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 was so egregious that they should be barred from holding office? The fact is, is these guys told the truth. Uh, one, uh, they still haven't owned up to the fact that the actual national NAACP supports single member districts as as a as a, a, an equitable equitable uh, way of voting, and that at large voting is is discriminatory. Uh, so we told the truth on that. Um, <clears throat> told the truth on what, uh, what uh, uh, Chuck Chestnut and uh, Rodney Long had previously said about single-member districts. And the whole point of this was to, to demonstrate uh, their inconsistency in their arguments over the years. Uh, there was nothing misleading about demonstrating inconsistency. Uh, those were their words. So what 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 Blunt is saying is that, okay this was an inconvenient truth. We don't like it. So let's bar some elected officials from holding office again. It just doesn't make sense. It's it's actually totalitarian. Well, it's a real glimpse into how they think and how they and you didn't hear anybody refute it from the dais. Um, um, and, And that was the silence was spoke a lot. And the other thing I was saying before you came on is that. They, Glenn Cornell knows full well the methods by which uh, uh, an item can be put on the ballot. And they've never asked for a memo in the previous 20 years from the attorney to teach the public. Have they? I don't recall that. But now all of a sudden that they unexpectedly and shockingly lost, thinking they didn't have to do anything but sit on their hands, 
Uh, now they want a memo written by the compliant uh, uh, county attorney that they may now distribute uh, to help people understand the three methods. And another thing that Colleen Blunt is, you know, staged here to complain about is, well, you're not, you can't spend any uh, public dollars. No kidding. I mean, really, in, in my mind, Stafford, the county commission should recuse itself from the issue because they are personally affected by it. Uh, that, is, that is correct, Ward. You know, that bill that prevents government, look, for some reason, Blunt doesn't seem to understand that. What the state legislature did was basically said to government that you can't spend taxpayers' money against the taxpayers' interest, okay? So if the taxpayers are putting something on the ballot and the tax, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a, 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 you know, something like this going on and it's on the ballot, uh, then you cannot spend the taxpayers' own money to influence the taxpayers. There is nothing controversial about that. That is the only right solution for government. Government should not be spending the money that it gets from taxpayers against the taxpayers. There is no universe in which that would be a correct course of action for government to be able to do that. Somehow Blunt doesn't understand that. No, what Blunt doesn't understand or Cornell want to address is that therefore, as we've covered before in our attempts to get this just simply out to the public, then it's a difficult process to get the petition signed, uh, get an attorney to look at it and make sure it meets muster, get it into the window when it must be presented on step two where the petition process takes it to the ballot. And uh, even in that process, you would have to, there's nothing prevent the public from raising its own public dollars to advocate for its particular stand. There's nothing wrong with it. It goes on all the time. And right. so, I mean, now, if they want to complain about the passage, then once again, my point is the county commission should recuse itself. And if some private organization on the opposite side wants to go raise money to educate the public from their point of view, they could do the same thing, right? They just can't do it with public dollars from the taxpayer. That, that's correct. They can't do it with public dollars from the taxpayer. And of course, what the county did this last time is they skirted the rule by producing the video before uh, before the law acts that that law actually went into effect, and uh, and then they posted it to their website, and they left it there under the guise of, well, we're not spending any money leaving the video there. Uh, okay, maybe maybe not. You're 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 spending. You know, you've got you've got data costs incurred. You've got storage costs incurred. But okay, whatever. We won't quibble over a few cents. Uh, but uh, that's that's the method at which they did that. And uh, and, you know, again, no, that's th this is a relatively recent law and, and it's it's intended. And they call it preemption that, you know, Blunt basically described that. Well, this is another way in which the Republican legislature has preempted local governments. What the Republican legislature did was right. Local governments cannot spend taxpayers money against the taxpayers' wishes. That's that's and and to, to advocate for something that affects the taxpayers. So um, yeah, they they skirted this law this time, but they won't be able to do it again in the future. Well, let's talk about something that they don't seem to understand. And uh, you and I have discussed this, 
And it's almost a cliche, but uh, politics is a bloody business. And uh, it's, you know, you learn it's a war and you, you've got to get out there and, and, and get involved and get your hands dirty. And particularly on tough issues like this, there was no, let's make sure we take this position clearly. There was nothing illegal about advocating for the passage of single member districts with the way it was advocated for. He's claimed in his, in his presentation at the microphone, the whole thing was, a, was, a, was illegal. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, no, I, I understand he did. And I still haven't figured out how it was supposedly illegal. You know, again, um, I, it may have been an inconvenient truth for them that we were using their own words. It may be an inconvenient truth that uh, in contradiction to the NAACP's own uh, constitution and rules, that the local NAACP wanted something different than what the national NAACP advocates for. But everything we put out there was 100% truthful. There was nothing illegal about it. It was inconvenient for them. Uh, but I, I often find that Democrats, uh, uh, you know, when they when they get outmaneuvered, when when they get out truth, when they find an inconvenient truth, they just basically resort to calling it illegal. Uh, you know, look, Chuck, Chuck Chestnut did the same thing when he spoke at the end of the meeting. Um, <clears throat> you know, his actual comment at the same meeting, you know, his actual comments at the end of the meeting were that he was shocked by the whole thing, hurt by the whole thing, damaged by the whole thing, that people were coming up to him with these postcards and showing them to him. And there was this quote with his picture by it. And he said, those weren't his words. Oh, yeah, Chuck, they were your words. They were re they, Those words are recorded in the public media at, at, at websites and the Gainesville Sun and so on and so forth. They absolutely were your words. And one of the things that Chuck does not understand is that um, is that he is a public figure. These guys have had it easy on the Alachua County Commission when they've run for election over the years because they, they never have any real competition. They don't know what a brutal election is. Brutal elections happen all over this state. And, and when you're, when you're ele elected to office, you are a public figure and your words can be used against you. Things that you do can be used against you. Your record is used against you. Uh, and, and that happens all over the state. But these guys have never experienced that. So what, what uh, Chuck Chestnut just got was kind of a little dose of reality of the types of elections that actually happen all over the state. Now, God forbid that we go forward and they start to actually experience some, and not all, because I've always said, Single member districts won't make the county Republican. It will moderate the county, but it will cause some more competitive elections. OK, and now these guys are going to have to experience competitive elections and competitive elections could very well look just like this battle for single member districts. They will be brutal. They could be bloody. This is what happens all over the state. These guys have just never experienced it. But everything Chuck uh, Chestnut said was just absolutely false. He is a public figure. His previous words are fair game. And uh, and he's going to have to toughen up and, 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 and understand that. You know, let's leave with one. I know you got a busy day, Stafford. Let's cover one thing. And I get asked all the time while you're here. Maybe you can help us. Going forward, 
In 2024, there will be three county commissioners that will be elected by the single member district method. Yes, three. Okay. And if they, if let's say the scenario that Cornell is wishing for here were so, there also be on the ballot this issue of of of, of uh, doing away with the single member districts. So uh, let's say that those three people who would be elected would remain for four years as under the single member district uh, configuration and have still votes. They'd have still have votes on the commission. They could put take a turn around and put the thing right back on, you know, the other way. It could, or they could turn around and put it right back on the other way. And look, you know, uh, truth is. Have you thought of that? They can turn right around. I actually have thought of that. And by the way, I mean, if, if, if they got, if, if the public got single member districts back on the ballot for 2024 and, uh, and somehow the whole thing got reversed, then those, then the people that were elected under single member districts will, will continue to serve that way. Uh, I mean, that, that those elections will stand is my point. Uh, but yeah, no, they absolutely could put it back on the ballot. Now, I have done, I, I have texted with Ken a little bit in the last couple of days. And Ken, you know, who knows what the truth of anything is. He says that he's actually not for the county commission putting it back on the ballot. But people want to know because a bunch of people feel like they got ripped off and lied to. Okay, well, gee, sorry you feel that way. But again, you know, Toughen up. We told the truth. Um, uh, so will the county commission actually put this back on the ballot? I, I don't know. Um, I, I think, you know, will, will a group of people, uh, individual voters decide to put it back on the ballot? I don't know. If they decide to do that, the question is, is how will the county treat them? I just remember the last time that we started a citizen initiative to put it on the ballot, even though the language was vetted, the county attorney said, um, no, um, that language is no good. We're going to disqualify that language. So, you know, will they do the same thing to the other people that might want to try and put it right back on the ballot? No, they ain't going to do that. If a group of people uh, want to put it back on the ballot, they're going to find greased skids with which to slide it along the rails. It's, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to go back on the ballot. But the other thing that they're going to have to consider is that, look, we just spent a quarter of a million dollars getting this thing through. All right. Uh, it will be harder to undo it than it was for us to do it. They will have a very, very heavy lift. Okay. And um, I just don't think that um, I think they're going to think hard about that. We'll probably spend, we'll probably, we'll go out to our constituency across the state. We'll raise twice as much money if we have to to get this thing through. And, you know, the other thing that I've said is imagine this, imagine it's back on the ballot. The first ad of that campaign season is an African-American that supports single member districts going on a TV ad saying, you know what? It took 150 years after the end of slavery and 50 years after the end of the civil rights act before our community got the single member districts that the NAACP says we deserve. Now the racist Alachua County Commission wants to take that away from us. Don't let them take away our representation. That'll be the first ad. They're going to have to think real hard about that. And uh, uh, if, if, they, if they don't think that we won't 
we won't educate people on what the NAACP has to say about it in their resolutions, then the NAACP, the national NAACP, is going to have to repeal that resolution before we not say anything about it. And I very seriously doubt that they're going to do that. Oh, they so. can't do that. They would they because they got too much of that advocacy elsewhere in the nation and those in other states and all over the place. I mean, you know, that's the fight. I mean, that's the big fight. They want those districts to be and they want to be able to draw them so that they can sweep in as many minorities as possible. That is exactly right. So bottom line is, Ward, is they will have an uphill battle and we will take the fight. We're not going to get it and then just turn around and give it up. So uh, I, I don't I in the final analysis, are they really going to do it? Mm, maybe. But I kind of sort of doubt it. One last question. I'll let you go. Stafford. Who draws the districts? As questions come in. Um, they draw them, right? The commissioners draw the districts. They can draw them well, the way the they want. The county commission draws the districts, but we're nine years away from that. I, I mean, I know nine some other, away. we're nine years away from that. I know some other, another uh, political consultant recently said that this was a hollow victory, which that was the, that was the biggest BS I've ever seen from that political consultant. And I've seen plenty, but bottom line is, is that that is nine years away. If single member districts remain intact, the county commission will moderate. And and uh, I mean, we don't have any reason. To, and, and, you know, the state constitution says it cannot be drawn specifically with partisan intent. It cannot be drawn to favor or disfavor any political party, any particular race, any particular gender, any particular anything. And so it cannot be drawn with any particular partisan intent. And, uh, you know, those standards are tough to adhere to. Uh, so. Um, you know, you, you, you've got to work to adhere to them. So, look, I, I, that's nine years away, and I think the commission will be greatly moderated by then anyway. It won't be Republican, it won't be conservative, but it will be greatly moderated and much more representative of the public at large. Well, thanks for coming on, Staff. I really appreciate you taking time out to clarify this. And every once in a while, we'll probably touch base with you again because um, these guys don't seem to want to accept the people uh, and and um, the people spoke and, and they want to get involved again. I did also text uh, uh, Ken Cornell and said, hey, Ken, I can't believe you want to get involved with this. You got a tiger by the tail. It's going to be fun to watch if you want to fight this, man. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you. Yep. Thank you, sir. We're going to take a break right now. The Ward Scott Files, we've delayed our half on the hour uh, break for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, 
on-the-spot dry cleaners, R&R construction, and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Now for the weather brought to you by Lewis Oil. All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Going to do Ward's weather report here, compliments of Lewis Oil. And I just got to tell you, we have a very uneventful um, weather report here in terms of we don't have storms, we don't have rain, we don't have wind. Um, we really just got a very pleasant climate right now in the piney woods of north central Florida in God's country. 57 degrees, uh, it'll rise uh, a little bit, maybe even hit 80. Um, just a mild day. And, um, and the wind is very mild. And the moon has been the big story lately. Uh, uh, we watched the moon come up last night, full moon, uh, pretty full in the last couple, one night full and then very much, very nearly. Uh, we posted a picture of that on the website, uh, on the Facebook website. And uh, it's just been, uh, you know, the full pleasures of fall. Here where we are in the, uh, in the world, we get wonderful weather for a couple of months in the fall and wonderful weather for a couple months in the spring. And uh, right now we're getting that in the latter part of November, early part of December, quite frequently here around uh, the Piney Woods of North Central Florida. Uh, we do have this type of enjoyable weather where we don't sweat a lot. We don't run the air conditioners. We don't run the heaters. We're just here working outside and enjoying a life in Florida. So hopefully you're having a, a good time. I know if you're into the snow, I've been checking the slopes out west, and they are really getting a good dump. So you can get an early start on the ski season. Well, back on the storyline here today, it's uh, very interesting what we're covering. For those of us who understand how politics work, uh, it's a war. It's, it's, a, it's a very uh, tough business. And, but nevertheless, you hope that it, it, it succeeds, and it, it doesn't lead to real war. Um, that's the situation where uh, civil life breaks down and there's nothing but chaos. And I titled today's show The Looting of Culture because we have got uh, the breakdown of diplomacy, the breakdown of the political dialogue going on in Ukraine and Russia. And just to let you know how nasty it can get, of course, the people in the south of the United States understand this 
they've seen their art and their ancient relics uh, taken down or destroyed, uh, Lee removed uh, downtown here, uh, the soldier removed from outside the courthouse. And that's one of the things you do when one culture wants to absolutely eradicate another. So we know what that's like here in the South. Uh, we understand uh, that and more than just losing the actual combat war, you also then have given up your right to have your books read, your interpretation of history read, uh, your money thrown out, uh, uh, your land confiscated, your artwork uh, taken, which is what's going on in Ukraine. There's a Kherson Regional Museum that was uh, had ancient pottery, uh, fifth century jewelry, uh, Cossacks, artifacts, uh, what the Russians do, and I, I learned this from my Hungarian friends uh, who suffered under the boot of the Russians after World War II, the Russians come in and uh, destroy your culture, too. Uh, they destroy your history, and that's one of the things you want to do if you're the conquering culture. Uh, you want to write history according to your interpretation. We see that battle going on right here in this country. People maybe don't grasp how important it is to fight back. There's this interpretation, 1619 or something like that. Uh, all the history books are wrong. Uh, so we got to reconstruct and rewrite. And what you're trying to do there, uh, if you're trying to do that, is destroy the history of the United States. And the history of the United States that's under attack is the premise that it's established by white slave owners. That's the uh, thing that the progressive young uh, have been taught is the evil. And so even though there are no slaves now and uh, there is nobody who owns slaves now, we have reparations being talked about. We have uh, history being rewritten. Uh, we have uh, language changed and we have actually artifacts removed or taken down. Old Joe is in a cemetery south uh, east of town here. Um, and that's where you go to see it. Uh, it's still there, but it's not out in a public square. So if you were Russia, it would have been totally destroyed. Um, this is the way Russia establishes its history, its version of history. So uh, there were thousands of artworks stolen from this museum, uh, all the paintings by Ukrainian artists. Uh, the, the director of the city's Philharmonic Orchestra was killed. The local theater director briefly detained. Uh, statues were pulled from their pedestals and brought to territory that Moscow more firmly controls before the last Russian troops uh, pull out. Um, this is not an uncommon story here in this country if you're a southerner uh, or if you're even white now, because the premise is that uh, you, re you wrote a constitution based upon subjugation. So there's talk of rewriting the Constitution or doing away with it. So this looting is a part of a wider effort to destroy, in the case of Ukraine, Ukrainian identity and make it indistinguishable from Russia. Um, in Ukrainian culture, there's 200 sites that have been partially or completely destroyed, according to the analysis by uh, uh, Ian Lovett in the journal. Uh, the occupied parts of the country uh, Ukrainian flags are banned. Uh, that's the same here. The banning of the Confederate flag 
you can't even really wear it on a hat. Uh, you can't have it on the back of a truck. Uh, you know, you might as well. Why? Because you're trying to stomp out the culture. And if you want to see this being done right now in contemporary society, you take a look at it uh, between Russia and Ukraine. So the, the, not only the culture, but the language. And certainly the language here is under attack. Um, you no longer have a clear distinction in the pronouns. Uh, you have to be careful about the nouns and uh, certain words are banned or taboo or get you kicked off football teams or any of those kind of things. That's an attempt to rewrite and restructure the culture. And if you want to see it being done systematically, you take a look at Russia and Kyrgyzstan. Uh, there's a Russian appointed government. Um, they are absolutely going um, out to destroy all the artifacts, any of the, uh, any of the, uh, the even digging up the graves uh, of one of the, uh, uh, Catherine the Great, uh, dead in 1791. Um, you know, these graves, you know, I guess Shakespeare understood it enough that possibly, you know, that's one last way to desecrate the culture. And on Shakespeare's tombstone, it says, cursed be he who moves my bones. And people are kind of wary because it said curse. If you move my bones, there's going to be a curse on you. Boy, that was a pretty smart thing to have Shakespeare had put on his, his gravesite. Um, because the Russian soldiers are looting wooden coffins uh, um, that, that had contained an 18th century statesman's body. Um, it goes on and on. They grabbed anything of value on their, on their, uh, as they came into these cities. Electronic stores, garages, and storage lockers were pillaged. Uh, uh, even a raccoon was taken from a local zoo. Um, the, uh, but the cultural sites, that was a methodical destruction. The, the, the Russian installed uh, conquerors knew what they were destroying. Uh, they knew what to look for. They, they knew uh, what the value was of these things that they were going to get a hold of. And that was a way to take a, a, a whack at this culture. Uh, another uh, analysis of this is that Putin is actually stealing the nation's identity. That's one of the ways that he wants to dominate and eradicate any kind of, of um, rem rem reminder that there was a Ukraine. Um, he is, uh, you know, involved with um, all sorts of national identity uh, uh, conquests. We here have national identity debates. This is one of the ordeals I just referenced that we're going through. And I don't know where it's going to end, but you know, if you lose, you 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 know, one of the ways to undermine it is to have an open border and to let people come in and assimilate. You don't have to respect your culture, don't have to respect your language. Uh, that's dangerous because once you lose your language, which in our case is English. Once you lose that language, you lose your identity. If you go to Montreal, which is Montreal to the English and Montreal to the French, uh, you can be standing on a corner uh, trying to start up a conversation with another Caucasian person, and that person won't answer you. And suddenly you realize that you're speaking English, and the person to whom you're attempting, with whom you're attempting to converse, uh, is waiting for you to speak French. And um, the reason that person's going to wait is because if that person 
uh, acquiesces and speaks English instead of you speaking French, that person will have been dominated and conquered by the English. And the French are fierce about the integrity of their language because they know if their language is compromised, their identity is compromised. So they have a French liaison. Uh, you know, they, they, I see, they, they really, really defend. I took French in college and they don't let, but see, English lets any word come into it. There's no real uh, uh, standard by which a word is invented or put into the English language. It's kind of a, it's being, now there's the King, King's English, of course, and there's the English is close to the mother English. But by the time you get to our our country, um, you, you, it's not recognizable in many, many ways. So, um, and, and, and King James wanted that Bible in English because he didn't want his people loyal to Latin and the popes and Catholic world uh, because that diverted their patriotism to the uh, English island. So he had the King James version of the Bible created. This is all going on in, I uh, thought I'd let you know that this same single member district argument is sort of a same, an attempt to dominate a culture. Uh, the culture that they do not want, the progressive left does not want to ever get any kind of toehold is uh, a one that's more of a centrist culture, one that's more reasonable and actual, actually moderate. And, and, and uh, uh, they, they, this, this group doesn't really want that because they are about the business of dominating. You know, they're the ones who removed old Joe. Uh, they're the ones who are, uh, uh, I, I, I give you, I'll give you just one indication real quickly before the show is over. You know, I'm on the board of Crime Stoppers. And we go to festivals and display and, you know, uh, to, to fundraise. And we auction off uh, some of the gifts we have, which is a cooler or something. If we go to a rural festival, uh, we raise quite a bit of money. People come because they're very interested in crime and they want to see us succeed as Crime Stopper uh, advocates. In the city of Gainesville, they'll hardly stop at your, they'll hardly stop at your tent. They're not in the least bit interested in and in, in, uh, putting a lid on crime. It, it's very simple to see. And, and and all you have to do is sit there in a chair for a minute and watch it happen. Hope you have a great day. I want to thank the production for working through um, this uh, challenging little thing where we ran a couple of uh, of uh, clips for you. We're going to attempt maybe to put that out on a Wartop bulletin board. I'm not sure if we'll get them out there or if they uh, you know, we want to make sure they work when you go to them, and I'm not sure they, they're they ready to go. So uh, thanks so much for tuning in to the Word Scott Files. Patronize our uh, uh, sponsors, please, and we appreciate your donations. Warhol Command Center out.